Hey everybody, welcome to Regardless, You Got This. I'm your host, Skylar Sorkin. Say hello to the syllabus for your 20-something soul. The syllabus you never received in college is finally making an appearance. This podcast will inspire you to create your very own 20-something syllabus, ultimately guiding you towards your sole purpose, regardless of self-doubt and what others think. As your host, I'm your human connector. It is my absolute pleasure to introduce you to my superhuman network, a network of 20-something-year-olds, as well as a sprinkle of some older ones who have truly enriched my life by sharing tools that have helped them to navigate their 20s in order to get closer to their dreams. These relationships and conversations have had a deep impact on my personal and spiritual life, allowing me to create my very own syllabus. On each episode, one superhuman will share their breakthroughs, aha moments, as well as the resources that have helped them to find peace, knowledge, energy, and success in their 20s. At the end of each episode, a guest speaker will leave you with several syllabus steps and homework to practice and embody in between each month's episode. I challenge you to digest these stories and allow them to help you curate your very own syllabus, whether that's related to career, personal development, spirituality, love, you name it. We're in this process together, working together towards creating a personal syllabus that is unique to our souls. At the end of each month, we will have a new written step direction, and a conscious goal to work on. So when we get to the end of a regardless season, we have seasoned. Alrighty, let's get to work. Hello, my superhumans. Welcome back to another regardless episode. I am so, so excited for this chit chat and to introduce you all to one of my mentors, This superhuman has truly stood by me throughout each and every one of my crazy college experiences at UC Santa Barbara, whether that was really career internship related, you know, me helping her style for the Santa Barbara magazine photo shoots, or truly even just helping me navigate through difficult friendships and boys. (laughs) She is not only an older sister to me, But most importantly, she is a 29-year-old boss-ass woman with a powerful and inspiring story. So with that being said, it is my absolute pleasure to introduce you all to Kara Pearson. Kara is an influencer, a writer, a photographer, and the CEO of Styled by Kara. She is truly the definition of a creative professional. Essentially, Kara runs the lifestyle, fashion, and food industry in Santa Barbara. She is the woman behind Santa Barbara's magic. Hello, Kara. Hello. (laughs) I'm so excited. I am so, so energized for this conversation. Me too. I cannot wait. (laughs) It's crazy. I feel like our roles have like totally swapped it's so cool to see me interviewing you. I like. I feel like I'm growing up. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I know. Well, I just loved when you came into my life because I just really want to take over that mentor role and just support you, whether that was with school, with your career, with life, with like everything. And you are just such a dynamic person and I'm just so proud of you doing it and killing it and 
providing all this valid and um, incredible information for young women and and potentially men too. Of course, of course. (laughs) Males are included. (laughs) Non-exclusive. I love you. Your words mean the absolute world to me. And I truly feel like I wouldn't be here um, without you. Um, Oh my gosh. Like looking back at my experience and journey in Santa Barbara, um, that's where I feel like I truly grew up. Um, and I think yeah. that's why I have such a deep connection to that city is because, yeah, I, I became a woman there. And it sounds kind of like cliche and, you know, woohoo, but that's really where I, I became into my own. And it was partly because of you. And I'm just so grateful for you. And, you know, I really feel like you have so much juicy information to share with other 20-something-year-olds, um, especially because you are a 20-something-year-old, um, 29 years old. I, you know, we have a lot to learn from you. And so before you go into your, you know, into your thirties, you I just, know. Oh my God. Terrifying. <laughs> no, no, no. Your thirties are the new twenties. So yeah, <laughs> I'm actually really excited. <laughs> I heard the thirties um, are, is like the best stage. So yes. Oh, completely. Yeah. And I mean, part of it, I always was really excited to get into my thirties because um, just as I was navigating my career, I always, yeah. always the youngest one in the room. And so it's nice to have that little validation of being like, okay, I'm actually an adult now mm-hmm. and I'm treated like an adult. And that feels amazing. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited for you. Yeah. Um, well, let's just get into it. Well, we I am just so excited for this chat, um, especially because I was talking to my mom and we were just discussing like how there are so many 20 something year olds who drop out of college or realize that college is not for them. So I just really want to get into like the nitty gritty of your experience there and, you know, really be a role model for these kids who don't really go down that traditional college route um, Yeah, and, you know, maybe confused, lost, feel lonely and how they can really start to build their own journey and path that works for them and is not what society is really putting out there. You know, I want to start from, you know, really the beginning of your journey um, so really way back to when you deci- decided to create your very first blog. Oh my gosh. So yeah. that was really exciting. That kind of happened when I was around 16 or 17. And I was kind of, you know, one of the students that was really struggling with ADD and going to school and kind of navigating a social life on top of having these high pressures, high standards for the grades I needed to get. And um, I didn't really feel like my high school offered any creative resources. And when they did, it was nearly impossible to get into those classes Mm. because everyone would see them as easy classes. And so for photography, for um, our King's page, which was our newspaper, any editorial writing, it was so hard to get into these classes. They just saw those as like, oh, I'm going to get a break off for the the day, go walk around with a camera, have fun, where I was like, I wanted to go into those classes to actually learn and start developing some type of career or Mm -hmm. developing my hobbies. And so I had to look outside of high school and I ended up on Blogspot. Awesome. And it doesn't even, I don't even know if it exists anymore. I've never heard of that. <laughs> oh That's when you know I'm old. Stop, stop. It's like the MySpace of, I guess, like. Oh, completely. Yeah. 
And the way the website looked, it totally, it was so generic. Like it was, they didn't offer all these amazing like layouts or designs. Like it was so simple. You just basically upload photos, add captions, add writing, all this stuff. But um, I started it as a secret blog because I really didn't want anyone to know that I was like starting to write and talk about fashion and lifestyle and I was majorly into poetry and that was something that was super close to my heart. So I started a blog and I had it as like my little hidden oasis and it was so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) But I, um, yeah, I just started realizing I loved the idea of like publishing stuff. And I think that's sort of what led me into going more into like the editorial with fashion and marketing um, because it's all encompassing. It includes all the types of creation that I love doing, whether that was photography, editorial writing, um, creative writing, and then styling as well. I would style outfits and like put together. um, Oh my gosh, I'm even dating myself even more. We used to have this app called Polyvore where you could oh, curate outfits yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and link them. And I would do that for like just my blog, being able to like put outfits together and then show people how to buy it's them. so much fun. It's this was so like fun. way before all of the influencing stuff. Okay. Yeah. And you were a pioneer in this, in this space. Yeah. So it was just really fun. So and you I were felt keeping like, this like all a secret. Yeah. Is it oh my gosh, nobody, nobody knew about it. And I was like terrified to even talk about it to my friends because I just was like, I had a really hard high school experience. I really struggled with being bullied and judgments. And if you did or say the wrong thing at school, you would just be talked about behind your back. Like it was very, very um, difficult to navigate. And I'm, I'm like so sensitive on the inside. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm not really going to share until I'm ready to share. Yeah. Which is truly beautiful. And that takes a lot of strength to, you know, to come to that realization. But it's, it's interesting because you look at high school and I kind of experienced the similar thing where I had tons of, you know, passions and it wasn't, fully accepted by my peers. We still experience that in our, in, you know, in our twenties. Yeah. Um, and we're constantly comparing. And yeah. I think that's the biggest thing that I realized I struggled with was I had, um, incredible, um, mentors in my life, but, uh, one of my, my sister, mm-hmm. she was so good at everything. I call her my little golden child. Um, She was basically a track star all through high school, got incredible grades, and was flowing through her path in a way that I was like, oh my God, how do I do that? Mm -hmm. And so I always had this comparison game with myself that I wasn't getting enough, um, enough things done or that I wasn't getting the right grades, that I was always worried that I wouldn't succeed. Mm. And so that, as you get further into life, gets even more complicated as you go into college and then you're approaching career, potentially getting to relationships and Mm. serious ones too. And even now, like most of my friends are getting married or having kids. Yeah. And it just, the comparison game never stops. 
And so it's, it's can be very hard to navigate, but um, when you sort of like use the right tools, you can kind of learn to break away from that pattern. Absolutely. And understand that your path is going to look completely different from someone else's. And I feel like the education yeah. system is completely part of my French fucked because oh, uh, it's, completely. it's for one type of person. It's for the golden child. And that's not going to be all of us. It doesn't mean that we're not mm. golden, but we're golden in, you know, in our own unique way. And that's also, you know, coming back to college and career, your career path. It's really, we need to be more flexible in terms of how we define that. Um, yeah. And it's and I, sad, you know, to see so, some kids, they, they're not going to succeed in the traditional college route because that's not how they learn. That's not how they function. That's not where, where they're, they shine. And it can be hard because when you're going through your education, mm-hmm. I don't think there's enough emphasis on outside education and the resources that you can find outside of your high school or outside of your college that could potentially put you in a position to be learning more on a fast track. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've, I felt like I was kind of always looking for things outside. And one of my first internships was actually in high school. I don't know if I ever told you this. I don't think so. <laughs> um, I got my first internship when I was 14. And I went to my career center and I was like, I am not feeling like there's anything that I can develop here. Mm. I need to find something outside that's going to really like push me further And so I joined this program through Nordstrom and it was an internship with Nordstrom and it was like once a month we'd meet up, they'd teach us all about how to run a business, how to run a corporation and how to retail style, how to work with clients. And so that's kind of when my styling sort of started developing um, or my styling passion developed was through that program. And it was four years and I was so grateful because I, I would look forward to it every single month. And I met so many amazing students I bet. from outside my high school that were feeling the exact same way. And it kind of became like our little bubble of creativity every month to just like connect with each other. And the, some of the resources that they were giving us um, were like who, what, where. I don't know if you've obviously you've seen yes, yes. what they are now, but when they first started, they basically started in a closet and they would go together and just put outfits together on YouTube. And so I watched these videos religiously and that's kind of how I started understanding fashion and how to pair it and how to work with a closet um, mm-hmm. without having to go shopping. So as uh, you saw... It, if you were in my high school, you probably start, started to see like this whole styling transformation happen where I was sort of a little bit more low key with my clothing. And then by the time I was a senior, I just was wearing like uh, high heels to school. I red love lipstick. it. I looked extra all of the time. Oh, I get it. I <laughs> Honestly, like I cannot relate more going to school at UC Santa Barbara. Like everyone is in like flip flops, barefoot. Me... Bitch, no. I yeah. have like leather <laughs> pants, my high heels. It's just fun. And it's also, it's a reflection of who you are and a way to just be an artist. Yeah. Some people don't understand like how important that is because it's a reflection of who you are and it's 
No, you're your own business card. Yes. We're killing it in high school already. Oh, totally. And I think what I realized is that if I didn't feel like I was going to be taken seriously, Mm -hmm. I would wear something that they would be forced to take me seriously in. Mm -hmm. And I learned that a little bit from Lauren Conrad when she was sort of starting her blog at the beginning. And it's just like always dress for the job you want, not the job you have. And Mm -hmm. so I really used fashion as a way to like start marketing myself and getting me recognized that seemed very professional, put together, more sophisticated. And I just didn't want to play by anyone else's rules. Absolutely. Um, and I would go to school you. and so many people were just, you know, in their like Lulu's kind of running around. They just rolled out of bed and I would like have a blazer on. <laughs> <laughs> It always looks we are, so we are two peas in a pod, baby. And I yeah. think also, you know, feeling confident from clothes. I know that sounds a little bit superficial, but it's true. I mean, it really builds your self-confidence as well. If you feel it totally does. together, you know, you're really able to just go out there and be like, I'm like, I got this in the bag. Um, yeah. And it, it's, it's a completely, it's really life altering. Um, oh my gosh, completely. It's like the first thing that helps you build confidence in the morning. Mm-hmm. And um, it can be a little stressful when you don't know how to do it. But when you have um, a curated wardrobe, it just makes it so easy. So that that decision just becomes easier yeah. every single day and of are- deciding who I'm going to be today. I love that. And there are applications that like make it easier, like Rent the Runway. Um, I know that's a great mm-hmm. um, platform to rent clothing and they kind of help you curate your own clothing and wardrobe, which is really, really helpful for people who are a little bit more intimidated by, you know, closets and putting together clothes. Um, so awesome. And I, I want to really want to get to, you know, your story. And I really think one of the reasons that makes you so unique Um, And why I think so many 20-somethings can relate to you is that you didn't finish college. Yes. I kind of want to go into, you know, I know you were starting to put your toes into, you know, outside sources rather than just high school and, you know, really navigating through other passion projects. So how did you get from, you know, interning at Nordstrom's to then, you know, graduating from college and what really made you, you know, to start college, not finish it? And how did you really get to that decision of not wanting to go down the traditional college route? Yeah. So I actually, it kind of all started when I was younger, when I was looking for outside resources. Mm -hmm. And I got into college early on. I was a junior. So I kind of had this like plan, this set plan that I was going to go to the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising. It's in LA. And um So I was like, okay, I'm getting all of my ducks in a row. I'm going to go and hit the ground running in this crazy city. But I, around the time I was graduating high school, I was like, I need to put a hard pause because I did not necessarily know what degree I wanted. Mm. So I ended up taking two semesters off before even approaching school. Smart. And during that time, I was like, okay, well, I've, I can, I know myself, I know I can find resources. So um, the summer of 2011, I started interning with Santa Barbara Magazine. 
Awesome. And it was amazing because I was under the art director who specifically graphically designs the entire book and plans the content out on the page. So you're really focusing on graphic design. And so when I was working with her, I was getting on sets. I was like learning the business of publishing and learning more about graphic design and how to also network on set. And so it kind of like started this little mini career on the side that just like started going and going and rolling into other opportunities. And so then when I finally was like, okay, I'm going to go to school January 2012, um, I decided to change my major immediately to graphic design. From the experience with Santa Barbara Magazine. Yes. Which is cool because it wasn't like you were just sitting on the couch waiting for an opportunity to fall into your lap. You were actively out there networking, learning, and discovering what you want to pursue. Yeah. Yeah. And I I felt like if I'm going to make this big investment in my life, in my career, I really want to be hyper-focused and understand what I want to be learning. A lot of times people don't have those opportunities to job shadow or intern before going to college. And that's where a lot of people have degrees and they don't use them because they end up in a completely different realm or different industry. But when I was able to be around so many different jobs and working with so many different aspects of editorial, it really pinpoint what I love doing. And that was like majorly within graphic design. And that just is all encompassing. It just like flourished my photography because I was able to like take my photos and really turn them into something special. Um, so that's kind of what I started with. And then by, I think the, the, like a year and a half in to college, I was recognizing certain patterns that were happening with my professors Mm. where we would go into school and we would go in for a lecture and they would basically pull up a video from lynda.com and then they would play the video in school. And when you think about it and do a little research on what that could actually cost in regards to education, you could be spending $40 a month instead of $35,000 a year just based on the fact that you could be doing this yourself. And so that kind of was one of the thoughts that came into mind while I was attending. But then I was like having to do a full life stop because I had a very traumatic event happen to me when I was 21. And that was really the pivoting factor of why I had to drop out. Mm. And it was something I was so not prepared for. I made it very impossible to go to school, to stay up with my studies. So I made the hard decision to walk away. It definitely was eye-opening. And I felt like I was like, am I a failure? And that was the biggest fear was that I wasn't on path anymore. So it was definitely a moment of my life where I could have easily spiraled down and potentially gone into that comparison trap, especially Mm -hmm. with my family. But instead, I was like, 
hell no. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to let this moment define who I am and take me down. I'm just going to like gear up, put my guards up and figure out some solutions. Wow. Did you, you know, during this moment in time, were you able to get external help, perhaps, you know, therapy or close friends, family to, you know, to really talk things through? Yeah. So I was really lucky lucky to be able to find resources and my mom's support was just endless. Mm-hmm. Um, most of my family actually didn't know at the time, but my mom was always there supporting me and she really got me in the right rooms with the right therapist. Good, and good. I even um, adopted a dog and his name was Ryder and he was needing more therapy than I was. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, these are a lot. Yeah. Yeah. He, so he was about five years old. And when I found him, he didn't have like any hair on his back. He was fully abused. And when I saw him in person, I was like, you and I need healing. Yeah, and so it became together. like this wonderful um, moment for me to be able to heal through healing mm-hmm. an animal. That's beautiful. And so I always highly recommend uh, therapy dogs. <laughs> Love. No, I think that's amazing. Also, you know, you never know what will show up in your life and, you know, adversities, challenges, but it's so important. What I appreciate about you is that you didn't allow this adversity to like label you. You yeah, didn't power to this experience, um, and instead, you really found the right resources to help you heal, and found the right people that you trust to confide within, and you you rose above. Yeah, and when all of that happened, I kept going back to this: like, why is it me? Why is this happening to me? Is this happening to anyone else? Kind of like the victim. I, victim. Yes. Yeah. Oh, completely. And it was definitely a pattern that was coming out. And so I was like, okay, well, I really need to gear down and really look at what I can do to help support myself, to help get me out of those patterns, to help push me further. And I've always been a highly motivated person. And I think that's that creativity, that motivation really pulled me through one of the toughest times because a lot of the terminology that came out of this trauma, I had no idea what this was. I never heard about PTSD and how that could affect people, especially at a young age. And so I was really lucky that I found resources and I even started a business course through Weave, which is Women's Economic Ventures in Santa Barbara. And so I started taking night courses and that was the perfect amount it never felt like it was overwhelming as compared to the fast-paced fashion industry of, of FITM. Um, and they gave me not only like support through like mentorship, but with business and helped me start creating clear goals so that I could kind of just like push through this dark time. I think a major theme after hearing um, you know you chat about your experience dropping out of college is self-compassion mm-hmm. and allowing yourself to feel without judging yourself for that. And I think yeah. self-compassion is something that I'm constantly working on, really paying attention to, 
your thoughts, what you're telling yourself. And, you know, this sounds really cliche, but really talking to yourself as you would to a best friend. Um, and once you realize you're not doing that, it can be pretty scary um, kind of hearing those mean thoughts and yes, kind of going down that rabbit hole of just negativity and self-judgment and criticism. Completely. Because we're also just getting so much information around us. And so we're constantly fighting those or that negativity and those thoughts. But I've what I learned through that process is obviously the power of like vulnerability. Um, I'm going to bring this up probably so many times because of I love Brene Brown She's and that TED Talk was eye-opening. And um, so kind of going into the vulnerability part, I feel like I had to learn to give myself grace to be able to like fully love myself. I had to give myself grace because failures are inevitable and we can look at them like, oh, woe is me. Why is this happening to me? Or we can see them as moments that can define us and help us rise above them. And so I think that's what really helps get me on the right path. Also, throughout your, you know, your journey, I can only imagine this sense of loneliness that you may have felt and perhaps, you know, judgment from society, not only from yourself, but that you weren't, you know, this perfect 22-year-old who went down, you know, the traditional college path and will now take the traditional career route. Yeah. And I think touching on the loneliness, I really felt that actually within my own family structure. Um, a lot of times I always felt like I was the black sheep. Mm. I um, am one of the first creative entrepreneurs within our family. We're like a family of like teachers, doctors, lawyers, accountants, and um, everything in between practical and I was like the first person that was like saying, I want to be a stylist. And yeah. what does that even mean? And so having to explain and, and kind of, yes, exactly. And so that was part of it was that loneliness came from like the family structure of kind of like what they had seen in the past and what they have for expectations. So I decided to just really dive into my career goals. Mm. And through that, I was able to find masterminds. Um, I went through programs at CC that were also night classes that helped me find other students here or there that were doing the same thing where they were starting their own business and potentially doing some more entrepreneurial ventures. And I was really lucky to find my best friend. Um, he is an incredible creator and also entrepreneur in Santa Barbara. And we just kind of went through this course together and ended up becoming each other's soundboards. Wow. So whenever something big happened, whether with my business or with his business, we could like co-collab. And I, he was like my first version of what a potential coworker would feel yeah. like. <laughs> But even to this day, um, I even talked to him earlier this week, we're just like always passing along resources and helping each other and also like um, being each other's cheerleader, because I think Mm -hmm. that can be very difficult if you're always working alone and you're always kind of feeling like you're disconnected or lonely, that can easily bring out those like fears 
But if you have cheerleaders around you, it's going to make it so much easier to be your own cheerleader as well. Absolutely. Especially for those people, you know, who aren't in the typical, you know, corporate position and don't have a huge team around them in this huge culture and perhaps are freelancing. It's so important to have close friends or just expanding your network and kind of like, you know, leveraging different types of personalities and just really focusing on relationships that are truly special. And you never know what one relationship can offer you in terms of health, wellness, spirituality, business, closing deals, anything. And I think it's just being open and being open to a unique career path that works for you. It's not Mm going to work for everyone else. And it's so important to not get into that comparison mode. And, you know, actually it's just so funny. My mom this morning sent me, um, uh, Gabby Bernstein, a paragraph from her book. And oh my God. I love she's her. My idol. Yeah. Love that woman with all <laughs> of my heart. I feel like she's my therapist. Yes. Um, <laughs> but one of the quotes, wait, I actually have to look it up. Um, one second. So it's a miracle message. So my mom is doing this miracle work every morning and I love that. It says, she says, whenever you compare yourself to others, simply say this prayer, the light I see in them is a reflection of my inner light. So instead of, you know, jumping to self-judgment, why am I not as good as them? Why do I not look like them? Why am I not as successful as them? It's, wow, they have light that's within me. And it's just, it's pure love. And actually it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, you're really able to like to set yourself free from the comparison cycle by just keeping this mantra in your back pocket. So I think that would perhaps be helpful to everyone listening. I love that. Yeah. And it's funny that you touch on that because when I was younger, I actually read this book called the art of being a woman. Mm, it's a really like it's so small but it's like this little handbook of how to approach certain aspects of life as a woman Mm. and one of the chapters is on jealousy and so a lot of times with comparison that little jealousy monster can come out and you want to be like someone or you aren't feeling like you're fully yourself because you're seeing other aspects or characteristics that you wish you were. And so the way that they approached it, I thought was just so thought provoking and really changes the perspective of jealousy. It would basically have you kind of acknowledge just like that, seeing the light in another woman and seeing how if there's something there that's triggering those insecurities that maybe that's a sign of something you want to become. Mm. And so you take it more as like, how can I learn from other people? How can I see what they're doing? And if, if someone's like, for example, not even just with women, but with men, if they're like moving through their career and they're feeling like they're becoming more successful and you're not feeling like I'm as successful, you can look at it as, how can I learn from them? How can I see what they're doing and get myself on a path that would make me feel like I have potentially the capacity to have those characteristics as well? Um, yeah. 
I always have this quote, and I learned this from one of my mentors from a young age, and I love this quote. Share, share. Um, it's called, it's um, success leaves breadcrumbs. And that basically breaks down into the idea that when you are seeing someone else who is succeeding, whether that's in their career or their personal life, they're going to be breadcrumbs to teach you and show you how to get there. And we are so lucky that we're living in a generation of information because we have all of those steps and those advice, like all everything that we could ever imagine just at our fingertips to be able to set ourselves up with those breadcrumbs so that we can also succeed in our own world. So beautiful. And also I think another point to that is just being curious. Yes. Like oh, how, completely. how did they get to that point? Wow. That's really fascinating. Yeah. I'm inspired. I'm energized. Yes. Rather than what's wrong with me. Yeah. And I think yeah. that helps you shift your perspective on the woe is me to like, oh my gosh, I'm inspired. I want to be this, this type of character in my own life, like that main character. And um, so that's helped me shift a lot of my insecurity, my doubts, my fears, everything. And you just flip the switch and you can see it in a form of gratitude yeah. for those people and seeing them as your teachers. Yeah. And knowing that there's going to be tons of failure in your life and being okay with that. Yeah. And being open because that's how we grow and that's how we learn. And that's what shapes us. I mean, if I didn't go through half the shit I've been through in my life, I would not be Skylar Sorkin. Hell no. So when things happen and I'm, I'm struggling, I, I try to embrace it with patience and acceptance and say, hey, this sucks. I'm going to sit in the suck, but thank you. I'm letting it in. I'm going to feel it. My heart will, will heal. We all heal and I'm going to grow and I'm going to be that much more stronger. And I think also by looking back at, you know, the success, um, the quote, can you repeat it one more time? I'm so sorry. Success leaves breadcrumbs. Yes. Okay. I do not know how I just forgot that. It was a pretty simple. <laughs> success leaves breadcrumbs. Um, and knowing how much information we have at our fingertips um, is another key reason for why not going to college needs to be more normalized because we have, we have so much freedom to learn whatever information we want to learn. Hence, you can, you can do anything you want to, and you can really monetize in any way that you want to. It's just being creative, being open, and knowing the right people meeting the right people and not, not being stuck to what society is telling us to do, which can be really hard to get past. I mean, especially when we're bombarded by all of these messages on social media 24 seven, trust me, it's exhausting, but trying to get quiet, pause and taking classes, just learning, educating yourself about what's out there. I mean, you never know. I mean, that's how you were able to, you know, drop out of college. And then it seems like you were just learning and educating and joining different classes at night and just getting really, really centered and focused on what it was that really brought you light and where you were feeling just really fulfilled. And it wasn't through traditional college. I mean, we're throwing so much money at these universities and there's lots to be learned from that. And, you know, you're able to learn how to live alone and meet friends and join sororities, which brings you a lot of key, you know, key, just key moments in life that are amazing, but it's not for everyone and that's okay. 
Yeah. And I think the other thing is just really looking at the resources, um, finding opportunities. And a huge part of that was through programs that I joined, um, whether that was like business programs, masterminds, but I really like was helped a lot by mentorship. I had several mentors and bosses throughout the years that really got like took me under their wing and taught me so many life skills and the ability to like build my own business based off of how they were doing it. Um, and I, I just think I, that's why I just loved becoming an entrepreneur. I got to dictate my own schedule and be able to learn so many different aspects that I might not have gotten to learn while I was in school. Mm -hmm. I kind of saw my career on the outside of school taking off with styling. And I was, I was on the team of Danny style for, um, for several years as um, an intern at first and then her assistant. And Danny Stone was a huge mentor in my life. And you obviously know her. Love Danny. Our cycle. She's a serial entrepreneur. Um, And she's a Kappa. Yes. Oh my God, that's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) But she was one of the first people in my life who really took me under her wing and she supported me and she taught me and she wanted me to grow. And I think that was a, a huge moment for me where I wasn't receiving that type of support from my professors or at school. And it really just made me validate the ability to become a creator outside of school. Yeah. So she, I owe a lot to her. And I, I know like I probably would not be the same person if I didn't have her in my life. Mentorship is so, so important. And it's so important to have an array of mentors. So I think like having maybe a couple in business career and then maybe one more like health, wellness, you know, someone to vent to when you're going through a really hard time, which can be, you know, all encompassing. It can be one person. Um, But that is so much more special in my opinion than a professor. I'm not, professors are awesome (laughs) in terms of like impact and then the kind of the cycle. So, you know, you're, you're now a mentor, which is so beautiful. And I'm yeah. a mentor now. And it's kind of like, it's just this human, it's love. All it is is love and we want to give back. And it's just this cycle of mentors. Yeah. When someone gives back to you, you want to give back. Oh, completely. Yeah. It's really and cool. I've, because I've been able to get so much information and and help from my mentors, I've never really believed in gatekeeping when it comes to helping other people with their careers, whether that's with marketing, social media, or even in life. I'm always trying to share as much information about what works for me because I know we all have, like we all deserve a seat at the table like we, I want other people to su- succeed just as much as I do. And so I think that being a mentor now has been amazing because I've, I've obviously had you as an intern, which was incredible. <laughs> and then I, I see this work with my assistant as well with Ruby, because I've seen how much she's grown and she's becoming this powerful woman that can set boundaries and create in a way that's defining her career And it's so validating to be able to share, to be able to help, and to be able to teach. That's success. Yeah. In my opinion, that's success. Yeah. That's so cool. 
Yeah. I just got like the chills. <laughs> Me too. I've been getting chills all morning. <laughs> I love you. Um, I want to take it back to this, you know, this phrase, um, aha moment. You know, I was oh, reading yes. into your article and this is something that pops up in my life a lot. Just because a lot of people, I'm not sure if it's judgment or it's an assumption, um, and I'm sure you get the same thing, but people don't understand when a woman or a man is very self-confident and self-assured and they, they don't understand. They're like, oh my God, did you have this aha moment? Like, Kara, how the hell did you get to where you are now? They think maybe perhaps you were born with this self-confidence um, and just don't really understand your story. So how do you, like, how do you define an aha moment? And did you have an aha moment? And how, when people perhaps, I'm sure you get this a ton, but perhaps ask you like, Kara, like, how are you so successful? I don't get it. And they're unable to really relate to that. And they perhaps think you were born with some crazy perfection spell, which is so non-existent because we're all human. How do you respond? Yeah. So there was definitely no aha moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just see it as over the years with the different life events that happened to me, they were just building blocks on my character, my values, my motivation. And so it was just basically kind of like building a little home of self-confidence and it just doesn't happen overnight. And it's something you constantly have to work on. And I see that even now when I'm 29 and like about to be in my 30s, you think I would be like flourishing with self-confidence. But there are definitely moments where it creeps in those insecurities and those doubts and things like that. But I, I think one of the funniest things I learned actually from one of my professors in college. Yeah. Um, this is the only thing I can, I can give to FITM. This okay. is the only lesson I can give, give to FITM where I was like, okay, maybe I should start doing that. <laughs> he, he comes into class and, oh my gosh, he was the most extra professor. And he gives us this wild story. And at the end, he basically tells us, if you don't know what you're doing, fake it till you make it. That is, and, my, that is my phrase. <laughs> Thank you. And when he said that, I was like, oh, I never really thought about that. Like, I'm just going to fake that I have confidence and then it's just going to come along and people are really going to start seeing me as a confident person. Mm. And I think that also comes from networking and social skills yeah. and um from a young age working as a stylist, you really are working closely with people in an intimate way and it's very vulnerable. So you kind of become a little fashion therapist and being able to communicate and to articulate yourself um, and socialize with them is so important to develop that confidence so that you know if you're going in front of someone, you have the right communication skills, you have the ability to present yourself as a professional individual and um, so that was one of the, the lessons they yeah, actually taught me great. was let's fake it. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I use that in every area of my life. Like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I'm going to fucking fake it till I make yeah. it. And it's going to be great. And it's gonna, <laughs> no matter what, it's going to work out. Um, but also to the, the point of the aha moment. Um, yeah, I really think for me, at least personally, it's just years and years of courage, resilience, support, and truly just self-love. And that's what births self-confidence. It's just 
continuing to wake up every morning, choosing to lean into discomfort and deciding that you're going to put yourself first day after day. And trust me, it is flipping hard and it can be really painful and emotional, but yeah, that's what, that's just what creates self-confidence because you know yourself so well. And, you know, I know that like, you know, I know you're turning, you are 29 and even being, you know, a 24 year old and in my twenties, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of ways we can compare ourselves to others. And especially, you know, in relationships with our, when our friends are in relationships Mm -hmm. and we're not, I think there's always a silver lining to a situation. And I look back at, you know, my experience over the years and thank God, you know, I've had so much time to myself because I really know who I am. I really know what I want in terms of my career. I know who I want to spend time with. I know what sort of significant other, you know, I'm, I want to call into my life. Um, and I'm really certain with, with who I am and my values. And I would have never gotten to this point if I wasn't, um, you know, didn't have the strength to face failure or, you know, take a different route or wear high heels, you know, to freaking lecture at UC Santa Barbara. Yeah. <laughs> so or red lipstick and, my, and sling sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> really, really miss those moments. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cool. It's really cool. Yeah. And I think that is so important because that also goes outside of education. We're not taught to love ourselves in school. They they don't teach us about meditation, about mantras, about vision, um, vision work, or anything like that. Whether it's vision boards or or kind of mantras. like getting in touch with yourself. Yeah. Um, and I was, I definitely took like a hard moment um, when I was twenty six, twenty seven, and took several years off of dating, which really got me clear as to who I was as a person. And it kind of forces you to just sort of sit with yourself and learn what do I want? Like, what do I love doing? What makes me happy? How can I make myself happy every day? And um, I really do believe if I didn't have the right resources, whether that's with like therapy, um, hypnotherapy, which I've done before, and the self-care practices that I do every day, it it sets me up so that I can love myself enough before I love another person. And that's like the biggest goal is to, as you're moving through your career, you need to cultivate that self-love and that self-assurance. And it, it just builds up your confidence to the point where when the failure comes or when the hard stops come, they don't take you down. Mm-hmm. You can acknowledge them and be like, wow, that sucked. But I'm resilient and I'm yeah, going resilience. to keep moving through and I'm going to keep persevering and I'm going to fucking kill this life, you know, not actually kill it, but like, you know, <laughs> maybe do well. <laughs> Love it. Oh, Kara, you're beautiful. Um, oh, thank I'm you. I'm so sad that this episode has to come to a close. Um, but however, the cherry on top is our syllabus steps which is a time for us to take in what we have learned from your beautiful experiences and how we can really integrate your insight into our own personal lives. So Kara, my darling, what specific tools, books, resources, podcasts, activities have really helped you despite dropping out of college? 
face your fear of failure in order to build your own empire from the ground up? How can we 20-something-year-olds truly face our own fear of failure in order to achieve our dreams? Oh, I love this. I love your syllabus steps. They're like so too. fun. <laughs> it's like, let's spoon feed all of the things. Yes. Yes. I love it. Um, so for me, I think with steps is really looking into obviously self-care. Mm-hmm. I think as we're navigating a pandemic on top of what 20 somethings are navigating day to day, um, up leveling your self-care, whether that's with movement that's with your mind, um, really connecting to your body. I think those are going to be the most important. And there are so many amazing books that I use. I actually use the anti-anxiety notebook for when things start coming up or fears start coming up. And then I also use the five-minute journal for gratitude. That's my favorite. Cultivating gratitude every day will change the way you step into your day. And night. And and night. yeah. Yeah. And one of the other things is... I really take advantage of my full schedule and I schedule in self-care. So before I even step into my office or before I even get on a Zoom call, I will have at least two hours before the day starts for myself. And if I don't have that, I am definitely not able to fill anyone else's cups up. So scheduling self-care, whether that's like scheduling gym time, scheduling walks, scheduling your meditation, um, super, super important. And just kind of like flowing off of that. One of the apps I use every day is the superhuman app and it just was launched in August. It was Was kind of a beta, a beta test. Is it Mimi Bouchard a part of this? Yeah. It's Mimi Bouchard. Yeah. She has changed my life in regards to meditation I am like the most ADD, like I'm always energized. I'm always running around. And like this person has allowed me to actually learn how to meditate in a way that makes sense for me. Mm. And all of her meditations on her app are like seated meditations, cleaning meditations, walking meditations. So there are all these different ones that you can dive into. Um, And I'll usually do it while I'm like doing some type of movement, whether that's stretching working out, going on a walk. So it kind of like activates that mind body before stepping into work. And then I have a bunch of books that I have read. And obviously I kind of brought up Brene Brown before, but um, one of the, the top books I would highly suggest is Game Changers. And it basically gave me the best advice on how to do life from other thought-leading entrepreneurs. So they kind of dive into all these different leaders that have tried different methods for how to become more successful. Mm. And one of them was like diving into decision-making. And when we look at Steve Jobs, he wore the same thing every day. Yeah. And everyone's like, why? Why is he wearing the same thing every day? But there's a, there's a method to that where he was minimizing his decision-making mm. before having to make crucial decisions throughout the day. So I highly suggest that book because it kind of is all-encompassing of different aspects of how to deal with comparison, decision-making, so many different like 
pillars of life. So that was one of the top ones that I read in the past couple of years that I really loved. Yeah. You know, Steve Jobs doesn't have to have a full, you know, wardrobe craziness going on. Yeah. But it makes sense. I give him that respect. I'll give that to him. Yeah. (laughs) But us on the other hand, it's it's a really fun to look cute. (laughs) And it's our creative moment. Like, you know, when people talk about creativity, they can like dive into, I don't know, building something in their house or painting or writing or reading. But we are getting creative in the closet, and yes, that's, that's our art. <laughs> and shopping. Oops. Oops. Sorry. I literally, Zara. Sorry, I bank account. Them, I know. I give them all of my money. It's fine. We're fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's fun. Um, so game changers, anything else, my love? Um, the other one that was really great, too, was how to do the work. And that helped me a lot with like my healing journey with PTSD and just understanding myself in a more powerful way. That was one that came out recently and all of my friends read it. We were talking about it. We were chatting with each other, realizing so many parts of ourself that we didn't really recognize before. So if you're going to really dive into healing outside of your career, I would highly suggest how to do the work. It's so good. I've heard of that. I think my mom recommended that. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to give you guys some, like a a little bit of a difference of like, if you're looking to up-level your career, game changers would help you so much just in life all around, but then how to do the work really focuses on you. Okay. Yeah. Love. Kara. You're my idol. I oh, want to squeeze you. I want to squeeze you too. I miss you so much. I miss you. Thank you so much for a juicy conversation. I had so much fun and I learned so much. Um, I'm just so grateful to have you in my life and oh. really, really stoked to just get this out there. People need to hear this. Um, yeah. It's really important stuff. And it's it's kind of one of those stories that I've been really wanting to share and just to give you like a little excitement, I'm yeah. hoping to write a book about it within <gasps> the next couple of years. This is amazing. I wanted to do it by the time I was 30, but you know, owning a marketing agency, it's being all of the things, it's, I need a 10 year plan at least, but. Timing is truly everything. Self-compassion, love yourself. It will happen when it's supposed to happen. And I could not be more stoked for you. And I cannot wait to have you on my podcast in three years where you're yes. going to be a published author and I'm <laughs> going to be, my podcast will probably hopefully a little bit bigger and we will just have more juiciness to discuss. Yeah. Oh my so gosh. Awesome. Um, and I can't wait to see you in Santa Barbara. Yeah. We're going to have to plan a fun day we where we just romp around town and have the best Dressing time. up taking yes <laughs> the outfits will be on point always baby i love you oh, i love you too thanks for listening to regardless i hope you've learned something from this month's soul conversation and will apply it to your own syllabus join me next month for a new guest a new tool and a new perspective if you found value in this podcast please empower your tribe by sharing leaving a comment review and or subscribe Catch new episodes on the second and fourth week of every month on all major audio podcast platforms. For more information about my life and updates about the podcast, head to my Instagram at Skylar Sorkin. Thank you for tuning in to Regardless. Now go kick some ass.